on to the Striving to Success podcast. I'm Joy. I'm Bree. I'm Kyle. And we're excited to have a deep, um, controversial discussion regarding college mascots, high school mascots, and mascots in general that are used in sports. We've had, um, we've all did a lot of research on it. We have a lot to bring to the table regarding it. And we're going to have a, a good discussion and see where we could go for it and um, what changes that we could be implementing to make this a great new nation that is accepting of all. So go ahead, Bree, start us off. Okay, so we're going to start off talking about um, OU just because, you know, we go here, it's where we enrolled everything. Um, and I really wanted to talk about OU's mascot, Boomer and Sooner. Um, a lot of people kind of read Boomer and Sumer and don't realize like the history behind it and how offensive it is. Um, it was established during the land run. So basically where people came to settle and basically decided that whoever was already there didn't get any rights to claim property. It was a big massacre, like a major tragedy. And, you know, OU kind of flips it into this celebration type thing and, it's kind of just stuck off in its history and it's really, it's hurtful because a lot of indigenous people have tried to bring about change for that and kind of express their feelings on it and express how it's offensive to them. But it's kind of like, oh, you is just like, no, this what, this what we, this what we're going to do, this what we're going to stick to just because they see it as like a celebratory type thing. Like it's not that big of a deal. We're just using it as a mascot. They even went as far as to making characterize horses to kind of show who Boomer and Sooner are trying to flip it around and kind of ignore the history behind it. So, so yeah, so one question I had was, what do you think, um, what do you think that the history behind it, like even if it is exposed as much, would it bring about change? Or like, do you think it's just too deeply rooted for them to do anything about it? I would say if more education was done in the state of Oklahoma regarding the land run, I think right now the education system is teaching the people and the people of Oklahoma is like, oh, well, we were just the settlers that just wanted to go early to get this land. And they're disregarding the fact that this land was given from the government as Native American, indigenous people territory, and that these people stole that land from those individuals and then killed and massacred them. So this shouldn't be a celebration. And if I, if I, the education system could share that information and us as a, a state, you know, share that information and stop just looking at, oh yeah, it was the guys that got early. Yeah, they didn't wait for the horn. They just went the boomer suitors, they went early. No, it's not about that. People right. lost their lives, people lost their land. And these generational curses happen over and over for these people who are still affected. So no, I, I think that if they were educated on that, this would be banned yeah it wouldn't even I feel like it wouldn't even be a thing in the first place that it automatically it would have never turned into kind of boomer sooner type thing it would have just 
automatically been like a no that's that's off limits if people would have been educated from it from the start but I also think it really has to do with you know the athletics department you know if like if the athletics kind of stood up against it I don't necessarily think it would rebrand the whole OU thing but I think it would absolutely bring some awareness to it yeah I agree with Joy. Uh, I feel like it's kind of an education thing because like once people like learn about it, they like, I've had people ask like, Dude, what do you think about it? And I was like, like as a native, I was just like, uh, well, kind of, it's kind of how it's been, but like, that's the mindset generations have had that has like made it okay for that to be that way. But then now like pointing it out, it's like can cause change, but to that crowd, I don't know how much change, like, you know, the ticket season holders, season ticket holders and stuff will actually, like, be willing to support that change. I don't think so. Yeah, that actually brings me to my next question, which is, um, say there was some way or somehow that we got OU to rebrand their thing and stop the use of Boomer sooner. Do you think that you know, the fans have expressed that they don't think it's a big deal or anything. Do you think that that would affect kind of the athletics department in the way where people kind of stop supporting them or stop showing up to games or actually stop using the term or would they just still keep doing what they want to? I definitely think that if the athletics department and the president of the University of Oklahoma were you know, right in line and saying, hey, we're eliminating the use of Boomer Sooner and giving the education to why. I think that there is such a small percentage of people who really care that much about it because OU just does phenomenally in football. They do phenomenally as a school. There's just so many accolades that come with OU that I think this the small percentage of people who actually would really like be like racist enough and offensive enough to be like well if you guys are getting rid of these racist terms I don't want no parts of you I think the the number is so minuscule that I think that we are at the place that we need to make this change yeah it's about like the program and the athletes the the entertainment not necessarily the the name that's not what you're rallying behind you're rallying behind like those athletes the school yeah so so that was my take on boomer sooner i just really think that you know it's sad that norman has become so accustomed or even statewide we've become so accustomed to using such an offensive term and not necessarily thinking about how it makes Indigenous people feel in those spaces, especially those who attend OU or go to those games or even play in those games, they kind of hear those words and it might go over their head or they learn to ignore it. But at the end of the day, it's still kind of like, dang, like <laughs> that's really, that's messed up. I definitely agree. And that brings me to the school that I chose to talk about who had a very offensive uh, mascot, but actually took some time, voted it out and made a change. The school that I chose was the, U was the University of North Dakota and their um, mascot and nickname was the Fighting Sioux. The Sioux as an S-I-O-U-X, which is uh, the name of the indigenous people's tribes that are there in North Dakota and South Dakota. 
And so from 1935, <laughs> since then, they've been using this very offensive mascot. And it started off as like a, a caricature of an indigenous person. And then in the 50s and the 60s, it was like a childlike face with um, feathers and like pigtails, which is another stereotype of indigenous people. Um, and then it, it turned into um, a side facing view of a man where it was still like very like large nose, dark copper skin, um, feathers and hair. It's just a caricature. And then to 1999 is when they came with the latest logo that they had and used. And it was still like an, like an Indian man they had it with the feathers and side profile, strong where it just doesn't look like anyone I've ever seen. That's And the University of North Dakota, which is in Grand Forks, in my experience that I had with the school is that I attended the school and it was very shocking to me that I'm looking around like, wait a minute, is this, is this really, this is 2005 at this time. I'm like, is this really happening? Kind of like my experience at OU as well, like you mentioned, Brie, but it's like, you guys literally are using a, a group of people's name and their like, and a, a, a stereotype likeness of indigenous people and no one is saying anything like this is still going on. This is not the 50s. So that was shocking. And doing the research and finding out that this has been going on for many years. Now, I went there in 2005 and 2006, and I saw a lot of rallying cries, like people just doing a lot of offensive things at the football games, at the Lara Center, and then just, you know, just keeping those stereotypes just going and going. And it was just so negative, especially for uh, a PWI that had like 99.9% .9 people were just all white. So this was just very strange for me. Um, doing the research and finding out that actually there was the tribal people there saying, hey, we're offended by this. So they did put, uh, come and they passed a law in 2005 and they said, I mean, not excuse me, not 2005, it was uh, 2015. They said, hey, if you guys can get three tribes to agree on using the name Fighting Sioux and using this logo, you guys can keep it. And the NCAA said, you, you guys can keep it. If you guys can get three of the, thing, of the tribes, they weren't able to get it. They were only able to get two. So after that, they were like, all right, it's banded. Now, in the same token, one of the largest donations to the university, to any public university happened from a man named Ralph Inkelstead. He was a former hockey player and the University of North Dakota was a division one college only for their hockey. Basketball and every other sport was division two until 2009. So their hockey is number one. It's North Dakota hockey is the number one. Um, hockey is the number one sport there. And this man, Ralph Inkelstead, literally built one of the largest and nicest hockey arenas. A caveat to that was that the university could never change the name Fighting Sue, which was very strange to me. He was that like pro on using something so offensive and offensive to people that he actually put 1200 logos of this 
1999 depiction of this uh, Sioux Indian man that they had for the logo from 1999 to 2012 of this man all over the arena in glass. They have it in granite all over the floor. So it would call, Heath gave a hundred million dollars for the, the building of this, but he put all these logos all over it just in case if you guys ever change the name fighting Sioux, you're going to have to tear this whole place down. And I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that. I, I, and he's not anyone from that community, but just the strength in his idea and his conviction that you guys should not change the name Fighting Sue. And on top of that, um, he never gave the building to them. They just rented it out for a dollar, but the University of North Dakota has full use of that facility. So that was something interesting. But in 2015, after all of this time and all of this thing, finally, the University of North Dakota is now known as the Fighting Hawks. They have a brand new logo. They have a bird. They have an N. They have a D. They still share the, the colors of green and white and a little bit of hint of pink because that was come from the state flower. But they went ahead and retired that whole name logo because it was offensive. It's very offensive. And so from our reading, when we talked about, um, from the reading of, uh, from the American uh, psychological book uh the the letter that she did was the of warriors chiefs and indian princesses the psychological consequences of american indian mascots from that reading that we did have it talked a lot about how there is a negative undertone for underrepresented people in our nation especially native american indigenous people are underrepresented and if you only have the image of them on this caricature that's a stereotype that helps degrade their image for themselves and it helps degrade the image of themselves upon our nation because we don't actually have a lot of media that is depicting them in positive lights. In 1996 in this um, thing they said that there were zero zero they watched television for two weeks and there were zero depictions of Native American people in a positive life, zero. So we have a lot to do. And I don't think colleges, high schools, or NFL professional teams should be using um, the likeness of indigenous people at all. So that being said, I have some questions. My first question to you guys is, why do you think people wanted to keep the logo so bad after knowing the racist, that it was racist and offensive? I honestly, just from listening to you and the research that you did, I think that it had a lot to do with pride and, you know, with a lot of people don't like change, especially if it's kind of changing something that they've been proud of for so long and for so long within the um, school's history. They're kind of like, why would we change it? We've been doing this for so long. It doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal. Kind of not taking into consideration the effect on indigenous people or, you know, the offense towards indigenous people and kind of how it degrades them just more so looking at it from their own point of view and not being open-minded about, you know, okay, maybe this is offensive and maybe we should think differently. Just, I really think it has a lot to do with pride and just they're like, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. I agree. I think it has to do kind of with like uh, some form of accountability and are they willing to accept like what they're accountable for that they're endorsing 
these images. Instead, they're gonna they're gonna defend themselves. Oh no, it's not racist. We've been doing this for years. Well, generations, it's still been racist. Like, and you know, it has to go back to them to that accountability to admit what they did, to admit what they did. The natives, how uh, mistreated they were, the oppression they put upon them, the discrimination. You know, they have to realize that for generations they kind of got away with it without having accountability set upon them. And so now, years later, decades later, it's like, well, why do we have to be accountable? They like, why are we the ones that experiencing the change? Why do we have to be the ones? Well, it's like, if it's not gonna happen, it's now or never. Yeah, I agree. I also think that, you know, that kind of ideology is really rooted in American history, period. You know, America's famous for trying to kind of hide the bad things that they did in history, even in history books and everything, they kind of try to downplay it and not really, you know, own up to the fact that you did a number of people dirty and you need to take responsibility for that. I also like from the reading and the research I wanted to share with you, they said that that the, the tradition of the chief is linked to our great past of tangible symbol of spirit filled with qualities to which a person of any background can inspire goodness, strength, bravery, truthfulness, courage, and dignity. Those were all things that they supposedly are trying to use as when they're using these images. But do you feel as if when they are using these images, and using them as mascots that they are trying to empower those terms? Or do you think they're just trying to equate them to like the fighting war hogs or the fighting gazelles or something like that? Right, I kind of, I see that as an excuse, honestly. They kind of just kind of come up with something to cover their behinds. They're like, oh, but we respect them. We're using this as a form of respect, but in reality, like degrading somebody and degrading what their actual position is in their culture is not respect, period. Yeah, like the caricatures, the whole thing, like they try to say like, they're like trying to give imagery or symbolism. And sometimes they obviously know it's wrong. They're just, they're just backing up the wrong horse. But I also believe like they're pretty much full of crap because what kind of graphic design did they have in the 20s, 30s, and 40s to make those depictions? Someone had to take the time and go draw that out, make it look like that back then. Yeah, those pictures that I looked back for the research on here were just like, this is not respectful to any, yeah, this is not respectful to anyone. And I, when I looked at those, I just, went back in my head and I said, this reminds me of all those Westerns people watched back in the day where it's always like, and I'm using the stereotype as they said, it was like cowboys and Indians, you know, that's what I looked at. Like, this is not, this isn't anything about respect. This isn't anything about bravery and courage and honor. This is, this is about making someone feel less than. And if you're looking at these people as not people, putting them in the same token as warthogs and all these other things. That's how I felt. I don't feel like you're like, yeah, we're the whatever. It was less than so. Yeah. It's kind of like a joke to them. Like, like they're not taking it serious. Like this is serious. My last question was, 
Um, do you think the sport, the support of the tribes would have made a difference? No, because the tribes are like everywhere. So getting a few tribes to agree to something, which they probably offer them a monetary value of some sort is kind of, is manipulative. And it really makes me cringe to think that just because you get support from a few people you think that something is okay that's kind of how that's kind of like saying oh my best friend lets me say the n-word so I can say it I can say it whenever like it is kind of the same thing for me I agree uh on that same token I actually this is part of some of my research was the Seminoles that uh for 70 years uh the school has teamed up with the tribe to make sure they get like accurate like depiction like of Seminoles uh they've had two they have two rules uh prominent participation by tribal members by active revered tribal members and then two when it was seek advice and direction to ensure the tribal imagery is authentic like they're like the whole like beginning game uh the beginning of every game they have the horse with the spear he throws it down uh like the image their symbol is actually like the feathers are correct the colors are correct so i feel like uh and to what you said that their tribes are everywhere uh somewhere some position that college or that university is on is on one specific tribe's land so i feel like if they're going to be on that land and use that like language or use that symbol imagery they can at least get it right yeah that's true I guess it just kind of makes me wonder, like, if it's not the tribe doing it, like, if y'all really want that authentic, ask some of them to come and, you know, kind of represent for their, for their culture themselves, like, because I still feel like it's appropriating, like, in some kind of way, you're still mocking their culture, even if you're making sure you're doing it the right way, it's still, it's still kind of cringy to me. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, it's still like a kind of way of, like, benefiting off their name benefiting off you know their image i know in the military we have this thing called stolen valor i don't know if you guys have yeah heard i've heard of stolen situation. and i just know that ou during the definitely during the football season they have every year a military appreciation night and i just want to know how would you guys feel if Non-military people were just dressed in military uniforms, walking around. That would just be, no, I don't care if you talk to half of the other military and they were like, this is okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. So I agree to like, if they had the, the real Seminoles coming and they had a special time on the on the field or whatever but you just grabbing like Joe Blow over here and it's like, hey, let me show you how to put these feathers together. No, no. I'm, I'm sorry. That's the same to me as like stolen valor. Like, do not put fake military people and just in uniforms walking around talking about yeah, we're appreciating the military. It's not gonna fly with me. But right, and that's crazy how it's kind of like they pick and choose who can be appropriated and who can be mocked. Because I'm so sure that if somebody did something like that, it would be a big, huge uproar. Yet here we are daily on a regular basis mocking and appropriating other people's culture regardless of how they feel about it. Absolutely. Yeah, and this leads kind of into like 
my uh, research that I did. And one one team that I wanted to bring up was uh, the uh, Illinois Fighting Illini. Uh, it was about, uh, I think it was 2007, they actually changed their logo after like 60 years of debate and the Illini tribe trying to get it changed. Uh, it was of the original chief Illiniwick, the actual historical figure, but it wasn't like accurately represented. It was just another basic model. Like nobody thought of it. They just kept like going on, misinterpreting everything. And then finally they got some steam rolling and, and uh, the whole, uh, they actually trademarked uh, the, the Illini tribe, actually able to set a trademark on their like imagery, on their symbolism, and say like they were infringing on uh, on their on their belongings or their property. And uh, through that, I was going to work my way backwards uh, from like just to the beginning of how all this started. So going backwards, uh, I had it wrong the other day. The American, uh, the Indian Religious Freedom Act wasn't passed until 1978. So it had been a good 70 years of pro sports going on, cycling and using these names. While the whole time natives couldn't dress up in their own garb, they couldn't dance traditionally, they couldn't, you know, practice, they couldn't pray. And yeah, and then what in 78 until there protects the rights of Native Americans to excuse their tradition, uh, to exercise their traditional religions. And so it goes on and it says, and now they have the freedom to worship through ceremonial and traditional acts. So throughout, and uh, this goes in my next article from USA Today, that throughout the 20s and the 30s, the 40s, all these teams were being created all these teams are coming up and they were picking mascots of natives and they would pick people to go dress up. They had all these, these white people painted up in fake feathers, fake paint, wrong imagery, wrong symbol, pretty much mocking a religious ritual. Disgusting. And so like, I feel like it goes all the way back down until, cause the original teams to do it were some uh, professional MLB teams in the early days and it was the uh baseball uh had boston braves uh of started in 1912 which they eventually changed theirs and the cleveland indians in 1915 which they haven't changed it yet so uh okay uh with that i was gonna dive right into my question uh why do you think they started using native american like figures, names, imagery in the first place? Why do you think they did it? I honestly have no clue, but the only faint explanation I can come up with is that they were so used to stealing from indigenous people already <laughs> that they were so used to taking everything that they have, exploiting them and ignoring everything that they basically gave stole the image too <laughs> right so they're like might as well just keep going might as well take everything else take their identity i think that that has been a question in my head too like why in the heck because <laughs> why in the heck because you would think that with these white people that were creating these groups that they would find something in their in their white culture that would represent them you know like 
I would think that they would do that. But to find something that you're like she said, like reset stealing, you just stole, you just stole because why? You guys, there's nothing in your culture that you know. Right. But on the same token, I don't think that they would have been comfortable because um like for my uh uh thing uh, when UND plays uh North University of North Dakota State they have a chant where they're like kill the Sioux kill the Sioux kill the Sioux and that's just it's yeah tell me about it it is is (laughs) absurd but I think they kind of might have even already had that in their heads like oh we're not going to be like kill the Caucasians or we don't want to hear negative stuff about Caucasians and you know like you know something about here's my take on it i think they started using it because they was scary because the natives the actual natives the stories that those people heard about moving out west western expansion and stuff that the natives were scary they were their image of fear intimidation and they was like you know what that's gonna be my symbol we're gonna we're gonna be just as scary as the natives were yeah, because every other symbol is what? Warthogs. I said warthogs maybe 50 times in this podcast. But <laughs> warthogs, <laughs> lions, the bears, we the cougars. That's what my high school was, the cougars. Right. Like, it's always these things. And then you're like, all right, well, we're going to be the such and so's and such and so's. And it's just like, right. It's kind of crazy. not know that that's super offensive. Well, we don't care. That's right. how we're like, we don't care. Like, ever. Right. It's crazy how they like, like you can really, I never thought about that. You can really see like their ideology of Native Americans through what they chose to do is like, dang, you really saw these people as that scary. Like that's, that's concerning. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I feel like they literally, they saw them that scary that it became their image of intimidation for their like team, for their respective squad. And like, I feel like they're just trying to embody that intimidation, that never back down, like fight that natives always had. And they're like falsely trying, they're giving out false bravado, stealing the name, stealing the image, dehumanizing an actual group of people while they're at it, thinking that's all they were, were just savages and brutes. And then when you think too, like I also looked at through the research was like, the Vikings, you know, like the Vikings are not existent anymore. You know what I mean? Like we don't have Vikings anymore. That's almost the same as like the pirates. Like that's not like a realistic thing anymore. And so to, if you made any type of thing about Vikings or pirates, you're almost talking about something that's non-existent to actually have like these people are here. We have these people like in our country and you're making these wild depictions crazy stereotypes that's just like wow i just yeah it's it's ridiculous honestly and i mean it goes way past college and i just think that is like so rooted in the history that is just ridiculous that like there's so many football teams so many teams everywhere that still exploit native american culture like i mean my mom is a diehard Chiefs fan but come on now like why are we still doing this why are we still exploiting you know basically a culture that got us where we are because y'all stole from them if it wasn't for them y'all wouldn't where would we be 
Yeah, I agree. I feel like it was just uh, just played the underhand and got left behind. I mean, that's the only way I can think about it now is because we'd like we're threw into a system of politics that we had no idea how it worked, handed documents and had no idea what English was and told this is this and that's that. The sky's down, the ground's up. Um, I think we could all talk about what do you think, you know, while we're striving for success, um, what do we all think that something that from our readings and our research that we could do to help take this conversation and move it forward? What can we do to, to finally wrong this wrong, to right this wrong for indigenous people all over the nation regarding mascots in schools, mascots in colleges and mascots in professional sports? Go ahead. I think that we've somewhat taken a step in the right direction as far as you know, indigenous people's day. A lot of people don't acknowledge Columbus because he didn't really do anything. So I think that that's in the right step, but at the same time, we have to kind of like put our foot down on this is racist. Like you cannot exploit Native American culture for your benefit. Like there's people out here making billions and billions of dollars on Native Americans, but yet there's still Native Americans out here struggling, getting little and tiny bits of money that reparations that the government is trying to give them. Yeah, y'all are still making so much money off of them and it's honestly it's so cringy and it's sad but I really think that this next generation like it's up to it's up to us to kind of put our foot down that like hey this isn't something that we're tolerating and I think it'll be a little easier with our generation as we get older because there's a lot of Gen Z that's more open and understanding of people's cultures and not really into appropriating cultures, not really into the whole dressing up for Halloween, offensive type stuff. But I mean, we're still gonna have to struggle for those conservatives that are you know, influenced by the older ones that are still so stuck in their ways. Like, no, this is like this and it's gonna stay like this. But I think eventually they'll be outnumbered to where we can hopefully get rid of all this appropriation and just, you know, live in unity without appropriating or oppressing other groups for literally no reason at all. I agree. I think that the first step is definitely just a stricken ban. You cannot use that at high schools, colleges, NFL, professional teams, just across. We just have to set that up because um, this just this week, Governor Stitt of Oklahoma just signed into like a bill to be like, look, there are missing indigenous women. There's just missing indigenous women. They're just missing. Nobody knows where the heck they've gone or what's happened. And I think because of these mascots and people just not looking at indigenous people as people and taking them as second-class citizens has contributed to that. So our first step, my first step, while we're striving for success would be just a blanket. You cannot use it anymore. I don't care what you guys change it to. You cannot use this anymore. I don't care how many years you've been using it. You've been wrong every year. And the University of Oklahoma, number one, 
Well, we have a daggone indigenous man standing on our capital on indigenous land. You definitely need to change that. So that's right. the OU is the first one at every event that I've been to. You know, we want to recognize that we are on indigenous land. Yada, yada, yada. Yet you're still exploiting them. Like you're giving some kind of facade that you respect them. But everywhere you turn at OU, boomer sooner, boomer sooner, boomer sooner. Why are we faking? <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. That's the whole generational pushing under the rug to where now it's normalized. Now it's okay because it's been that way for so long. But I mean, things have gone, been this so long, the same way for so long, it can still be changed. I don't understand why. Like, it has to be so, like, end of spectrum because either like when they get told that news they take it to the extreme oh we're going to change the name of everything now everything that sounds mean and they always take it to that furthest extreme like no that's not what we mean and you know that you're just purposely missing the point and like you can't you can't like deliberate with people like that because they obviously have one narrative they want right it's like believing what you want to believe like no one's trying to strip you of what you're proud of, no one's trying to, you know, degrade what you're proud of. Be proud, Absolutely. but be proud without being racist. Be proud without being racist. Just that period. Is, that yeah. is definitely that is the hashtag of the podcast. Be proud without being racist. If you can just do that, we don't care which sport you're playing. We don't care what your is. Just be proud, but don't be be proud, but don't be racist. All right. Well, I would like to thank everyone for coming to listen to our proud our podcast. We're proud to have a podcast. Our proud podcast. <laughs> our proud podcast. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys learn a whole lot. I hope we find a lot of allies after this podcast that are now educated on the use of Boomer Sooner now, especially with us being University of Oklahoma students, um, and learn a lot today regarding everything that's going on and where we can move forward because we are striving for success i'm joy i'm Bree. i'm kylan and thank you guys for tuning in see you next episode like and subscribe <laughs> <laughs>